TII Item 243, October 9, 2012. Inspector Number 5. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullah! Oh, yeah! My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of whom I am. Today's episode is brought to you by SquareTrade. Please visit squaretrade.com forward slash TII to get your discount on your iOS device warranty. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Jeffrey for sending in the music you hear in the background. Jeffrey wrote, Hi, Rob. Here is my first attempt at a quick TII jingle made with GarageBand on my iPad. I wanted you to hear it. Take a listen. Regards, Jeffrey in Denver, Colorado. Thanks, Jeffrey, for the music. And folks, I'll try to remember to put the full song at the end of the episode. Also, I want to thank Jesse for sending in the artwork for today's show. Jesse wrote, Hey Rob, greetings from LA. During the iPhone launch day, another historic event also took place. Endeavor flew over us on the way to its California Science Center. I was at work and was afforded an excellent view of it as it flew right overhead. Here is one of my picks. Endeavor was atop a jumbo jet and had two itty bitty by comparison jets as escorts taken with the native camera on the iPhone 4S and edited with Snapseed and InstaFrame. Regards, Jesse. Well, Jesse, thanks again for sending in this artwork. Folks, you can see Jesse's artwork in the TI app in the extras for episode 243, or if you subscribe via iTunes on your computer as the album artwork, and also as a standalone post in the VIP section, and I'll try to get it up on Google Plus and Facebook as well. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device and would like to share it with the audience, please email it to todayinios at gmail.com and make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, Last year we wanted to build the best tablet at a certain price, and this year we wanted to build the best tablet at any price. Take away the price and it's still the best tablet. It also happens to be only $4.99. Unquote. Jeff Bezos, CEO, Amazon.com, 6th of September, 2012. And that just goes to show you don't have to have the first name Steve to create a reality distortion field. Except the problem with Jeff's distortion field, it only seems to affect him. I don't recall any reviews saying the new Kindle Fire HD 8.9 is better than the iPad 3rd gen. Cheaper? Yes. Better? Heck no. Not even close. For promo codes, on episode 242, we offered up chances to win promo codes for the app's DeskCalc, as well as promo codes for the app ColorProtect, one word. I'll be giving out those promo codes sometime in the next week. If you want more info on those apps, go back and listen to the beginning of episode 242 for the additional details. This week, we've got Bubkiss. Nothing, nada, no soup for any of us. So if you're a dev, remember, if you want to have your app featured in the promo giveaway segment, there is never a charge for you, the dev, we just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com. Please also include a 60-second or less audio review of your app, indicating you are the dev. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. Before we get into news, a quick reminder that I will be the keynote speaker this Saturday, October 13th at PodCamp Topeka in Topeka, Kansas. Just Google PodCamp Topeka, two words, for, well, PodCamp's one word, and Topeka's a second word. For more info on where exactly it is at, I will also be doing three educational sessions on podcasting, so if you would like a chance to say hi in person, and more importantly, if you would like to learn more or anything about podcasting, new media, and social media, well then PodCamp Topeka will be a great event for you to attend. There are over a dozen different sessions throughout the day covering all kinds of new media, social media type topics, more info is at PodCamp Topeka website. Again, just Google PodCamp, one word, Topeka, second word. And into the news. Apparently, there was some sort of work stoppage at one of the Foxconn plants last week. And depending on what report you read, it was as bad as three to 4,000 people on strike shutting down an iPhone 5 line for an entire day. Or 
it was just 100 quality inspectors refusing to work for an hour sometime last week. The issue may be a result of Apple raising the quality control standards in the wake of user complaints with regards to fit and finish, and that resulted in workers beating up one of the quality inspectors, which caused a group of 100 quality inspectors to stop working. I guess basically they feared that if inspector number five could get a beat down, so could they. Foxconn, for their part, issued a press release denying any work stoppage at any Foxconn plant and stating production was continued or has continued on as scheduled. Seems that Wall Street tended to believe the 3,000 to 4,000 workers on strike and shutting down the facility story for a day over the 100 QA inspectors for one hour story, at least based on if you look at what happened to the stock since this story broke. What is the truth? Well, we may never know. It's in China, you know, so not like it's open and free press there. But if Apple keeps dropping in price or Apple stock keeps dropping in price, maybe an opportunity to buy some more Apple stock. Just saying. For those with the iPhone 5, Apple released an update to the App Store app, which adds support for the larger screen on the iPhone 5. So no more letterboxing on the iPhone 5 when in the Apple App Store app. For all that sent in emails and screenshots of your Apple App Store app letterboxing on the iPhone 5, well, those days should be over for you now, and thanks for sending in those screenshots. Per iPad Mini Rumors, the first site to give the October 17th date for the iPad Mini event would be, well, todayinios.com. And now it seems others are starting to finally catch up. Philip DeWitt over at Forbes is now reporting October 17th as well. And others are piling on. I guess better late than never. Actually, DeWitt claims to have a big-time Apple investor as his unnamed source that stated invites would be going out on the 10th, one day later than my October 9th prediction for invites, which didn't happen. So nope, no source on my side other than a calendar and looking at the past. DeWitt then extrapolated the 17th date for the event as he said his source only said the 10th for invites, and no firm date is given for units to start shipping and going on sale in the stores. I had speculated November 16th. We shall see. Many more rumors on the iPad front, and new ones are showing that a new unknown Apple tablet started showing up in server logs, this one known as iPad 3,6, and is speculated to be a faster version of the third-gen iPad with people saying that the iPad 3rd Gen will be replaced this month with a new version of the 3rd Gen iPad with the A6 processor and Lightning Dock connector. While I agree that the next iPad, the 4th Gen iPad, will have an A6 processor and Lightning Dock, I think those are givens, I don't see it being unveiled at the iPad Mini event this month, if there is an iPad Mini event this month. I think the iPad 3rd Gen will stay as is until the March timeframe, if not a little longer, depending on how sales work out for the iPad mini and the iPad third gen this holiday season. If the third gen sales stay strong past the holiday season, don't be surprised to see the fourth gen iPad pushed out until the June timeframe. For iPad mini, it is speculated it is the iPad 2,5 and the iPad 2,6 that started showing up a couple months ago in server logs. On the last episode, I said that on September 28th, the iPhone 5, in addition to launching in 22 different countries, which I named, would also be launching in the U.S. on carriers I do not think I named. So let's name them. Cellcom and Telos, Appalachian Wireless, C Spire, GCI, and Cricket. So if any of those are your carrier of choice, congrats, you now have the iPhone 5 available. Speaking of Apple Wear being available... The new 5th gen iPod Touches have started shipping. Of course, the Apple App Store still says just October for delivery date for the iPod Touches. If you are one of those that have received the new iPod Touch, or if you do before the next show, please let me know your thoughts, the good, the bad, and the not-so-pretty. Give me a call, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. The following email that I'm about to read is very similar to a bunch of other emails I've received on the same subject. This one reads, Hi Rob, help! My iPhone 5 is using battery like a drunken sailor. I even have run through 50% in my sleep. 
and you already called it. There are no lightning cables available yet, so I have to drag around my only cable everywhere I go. Please give some help in your next show. Regards, John P. Actually, this email is pretty similar to other emails I've seen in the past with the release of each new iPhone updated iOS, major updated iOS. There are added features and when there's a new update to iOS, and that usually means added ways for battery drain. So let's go through a small list of 13 different ways you can save on your battery life with your iPhone or iOS device. Some of these are oldies but goodies, others are new and more specific to iOS 6. 1. Turn the brightness down on your iPhone and turn off auto brightness. Do this in Settings app under Brightness and Wallpaper. 2. Turn off Bluetooth. This is another battery drainer. If you don't need Bluetooth, turn it off. This is now in the Settings app in the top section. 3. Turn off Wi-Fi if you're going to work or driving in your car and don't expect to be somewhere where you plan on using Wi-Fi. Just turn it off. This is still near the top of the Settings app. 4. Turn off Raise to Speak with Siri. In Settings for Siri, turn off the Raise to Speak option unless you actually use it. Otherwise, there's no reason to have it on. 5. A very big battery drain is location services. This is one in iOS 5 that caused the most issues on battery life. In iOS 6, the controls for location services move to settings app, then privacy, then location services. Go there, then scroll down and select system services. Other than traffic, I would say turn all of them off. And if you don't use traffic in the Maps app, turn it off too. 6. Staying with location services. When you first go to that page, you should see services for camera, maps, weather, and find my iPhone. For most, just turn off weather. If you are not using the Maps app, you can turn that off as well. I would highly recommend keeping on find my iPhone. That one's kind of important. Seven, a new option to turn on actually is settings app, general, about, advertising, and then turn on limit ad tracking. Okay, not really sure that that will help battery life a whole bunch, but it is something Apple should have had turned on by default, not because of battery life, but because it stops ad tracking. And we're just getting that set up now correctly. Plus, if you are limiting ad tracking, that does mean less data sent from iOS devices. So yeah, it should help in battery life a little bit, I guess. But again, good just to turn off that. No reason to have uh, ad tracking t turned on or ad tracking enabled. You want to turn on the limit ad tracking. Eight. Next, in the settings app, go to general, about, diagnostic and usage, then select don't send which will keep your error messages and data from being sent to Apple. Yeah, you're not doing your part to help out the community as a whole, but enough others are out there doing that, so it really doesn't matter. How's that for narcissistic community spirit? 9. Mail. Set it up to manually update. In the Settings app, go there, then select Mail, Contacts, Calendars, then go to Fetch New Data, then Turn Off Push, and change Fetch to Manually. While you're there, you can also click on Advanced, then iCloud, and change that from Push to Manually, especially if you don't use iCloud much or at all. 10. In the Settings app, Podcasts, Turn Off, Use Cellular Data. 11. Also in the Settings app, General, Auto Lock, change that to one or two minutes. That will put your screen to sleep quicker and save your battery life that way. Of course, it's also annoying if you happen to have your uh, screen lock set up to be passcode where you have to put in your passcode each time so you know weigh that one where it's worth. 12. In the settings app for notifications, look to see what apps you have set to get notification pushes. Do you really need to be able to get notifications from your games? I mean, do I need messages from Tron or Trucks and Skulls? Nope. So I turn them off, plus a bunch of other games and other apps that I don't need to get notifications from. 13. Finally, close out all your open apps. For those that don't know how to close out apps, double tap on the home button. You should see a tray open at the bottom of the screen. Tap and hold one of the apps in that bottom tray. The apps in the bottom tray should then start to wiggle and 
in the upper left corner of the icons for each app, there should be a red circle with a minus sign in it. Tap those red circles until there are no more open apps. If you do most, if not all of the above, you should see a great improvement in your battery life. Again, which ones you choose of the 13 will depend on how you use your iOS device and what's most important to you. If battery life is the most important thing to you, then do most of the items above. If you're just looking for a little boost, the location services is the first one I'd start at, and then also the lowering the screen, and the Bluetooth if you're not using Bluetooth headphones. Those ones there seem to be um, the most important in preserving your battery life. I hope some of those aforementioned tips help you out. Into the email bag. Hi Rob, my iPhone 5 won't charge with anything but the computer. Thought it was the cord, just won't charge. Any thoughts, regards, Charlton? I replied to him, asked him about what other chargers he was trying to plug into from with the cord and probably then he needed to contact or go see the Apple store. He replied saying Apple had him do a restore and then everything works now. So folks, if you're having an issue with your iPhone 5 and it does not seem to be charging or something else is not working with regards to the new lightning port, maybe a good old fashioned Windows type reboot is what you need. Great. Now that the port is all digital, it brings in a whole other way for things to go wrong. Nice. All right. A spite tongue. I'm not going to complain about 30-pin dock connector going away. Not going to complain. Just biting tongue. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I was in an AT&T store a couple days ago, and the sales rep informed me that if there were any open upgrades this year coming up for a customer then they will go ahead and give them an early upgrade to the iPhone 5. So if the upgrade is not due until, say, December 15th, they will go ahead and give you an early upgrade today. Regards, Matt S. Hi, Matt. Thanks for the update on the upgrade. And folks, again, you can check on your update status from your iPhone by dialing star 639 pound and then hit call. You'll get a text message. It will tell you when you are eligible. Another email. Hi, Rob. A subtle new feature I noticed in iOS 6 is now when searching for an app on your iPhone using the search iPhone function. It lists the name of the folder the app is in. You may have already seen this. Regards, John. Well, thank you, John. I actually hadn't noticed that one yet, so that's a nice little new feature in iOS 6. Thank you for the heads up on that. One of my favorite times each quarter is the Apple Investors Quarterly Call. And this quarter, it will be on October 25th. Well, actually, I should say from last quarter's data will be this month on October 25th, which is a Thursday this time around. iPhone sales, iPad sales, and more goodies will be talked about that day. It also bodes well for the rumor of the October 17th date for the iPad mini announcement. This gives Apple press each week of the month. Last week was speculation about the iPad mini invites. This week, the actual invites and speculation about the event. And then next week, the event itself. And then the last week will be the quarterly call. On the last episode, per the issue of the Purple Haze, Flare, or whatever you want to call it on the iPhone 5 camera, I said the following, quote, per the Purple Haze, yeah, that one they are not likely going to take back the iPhone 4. If it is showing up when the bright light is just off frame, but rather they will likely tell you that it is not how you want to take a picture, unquote. And well, now Apple has publicly responded and they said, quote, most small cameras, including those in every generation of the iPhone, may exhibit some form of flare at the edge of the frame when capturing an image with out-of-scene light sources. This can happen when a light source is positioned at an angle usually just outside the field of view, so that it causes a reflection off the surfaces inside the camera module and onto the camera sensor. Moving the camera slightly to change the position at which the bright light is entering the lens or shielding the lens with your hand should minimize or eliminate the effect, unquote. Or what I said, they would basically say on the last show, which is, if you are seeing the effect when pointing the camera at a bright light, Stop pointing it at a bright light. Duh. Hey, Rob, this is Jose. Very quick and improved feature for Craigslist. Uh, no need for any apps. If anybody doesn't uh, know at this point, you can now 
click on the upload photo button. Uh, the one that used to be grayed out is no longer. So uh, just uh, making a, a, a life a lot easier if you're looking to get rid of stuff or uh, make some money. All right, keep it up. Bye. Hi, Jose. Thank you for the voicemail message there. One of my favorite features in iOS 6, one of my favorite new features of the 200 new features, is what you just mentioned. Now, say if you're a Libsyn user, like I am, I can actually upload my artwork from the Libsyn interface, where before you could not access your cameras. Now you have the option to allow the Safari app and that website, when you're on a website with the Safari app, to actually uh, um, access your camera roll and then upload a photo, an image right from your camera roll. It was something you could not do in iOS 5. It is something you can do in iOS 6. As you mentioned, Craigslist is a perfectly good example of where that comes into play really nice now. Now, if you want to put some stuff on Craigslist, you take your iPhone out, take some pictures of it in the garage, rather than having to email those pictures to a laptop, then go in and upload the images in your laptop or get some special app to do it. Now you can just do it with Safari and do it all from your iPhone or your iPad. Definitely one of my favorite, if not my favorite, new feature in iOS 6. Hi, Rob. First time writing in here. Anyhow, I have had a Verizon iPhone 5 since launch day. In fact, I bought three, one for my wife, myself, and my son. We all have the 64 gig versions of the iPhone 5s. All of our iPhones, including the one I sent back to Apple, have had an issue with incorrect date and time randomly occurring on our phone for no apparent reason. All of our phones will suddenly, but not all at the same time, Shift backwards in time, 12 hours and 14 minutes. This breaks iMessage and other apps that require a correct time in order to function. Since I use my iPhone as an alarm clock, this caused me trouble when my alarm clock never went off the first time I noticed this issue. I have toggled off and on every possible setting, location services, auto time, time zone, in location settings, Wi-Fi, cellular network. I've done four or five lost count now restores, I've reset network communications and connections. I've sent the iPhone up. I've set the iPhone up with no backups. In effect, as a brand new device, nothing has prevented the time shift from occurring. I have been in contact with an iOS senior tech, and to no avail, he escalated the problem up to engineering. And I've heard back from him today that the engineers are going to be in touch with Verizon. Apparently, this is only affecting Verizon customers. Other than this issue, which is really huge, I love the new iPhone and would definitely recommend it. Thought I'd point this issue out to you since I hadn't heard it on your show yet. There's a growing thread on Apple support communities about this issue. Regards, Jim. Well, Mrs. Lincoln, other than that, what do you think of the play? Hi, Jim. Thanks for the email. And looking through the discussions over on the Apple forum boards, it sounds like this issue is not isolated to iPhones. Also, some droids are having the issue, and it is an issue with Verizon only, but not only to the iPhone 5, which one poster claims Verizon said they hope to have a fix by the end of this week. So hopefully there's a fix by the end of this week, and then you can enjoy the rest of the play. Okay, now in addition to the time issue, there is another issue, a bigger issue that seems to be on iOS 6 or an iPhone 5 or some combination thereof issue and it is about wild data usage or robust data usage or over data usage, however you want to phrase it. iOS devices are using cellular data when they should be using Wi-Fi. That's the basic premise of the problem, and people are quickly going through their data caps. Apple pushed out a carrier update for Verizon iPhone 5s last week. If you got it and did the update, how did it work for you? Let us know. Again, Overage of data for iOS devices running iOS 6 seems to be a bigger issue, with the podcast app being one likely villain in the data usage issue. Uh, this is where it's downloading not only extra episodes, it's actually requiring more data per download than it should be needing, about three times more bandwidth. So, for example, a 10 megabyte file, it looks like the podcast app is using byte range requests and is taking up to 30 megabytes in little pieces that would, should, or, you know, in theory, just aggregate out to 10 meg. Well, it looks like for a single download of a 10 meg file, it's coming in at around 30 meg. More to come on that in the future. Of course, 
the big issue is for users that it seems to be cellular data that's being used even when Wi-Fi is available and it's connected to Wi-Fi and should be using Wi-Fi first. And again, that's not just a Verizon user issue. AT&T users are reporting that issue, as are those with Rogers, Bell, and Talos and Canada. Some think iTunes Match is also a big contributor to this data overage, losing Wi-Fi, bork my monthly data bill, gate issue. Whatever the case is, iOS 6.0.1 and podcasts 1.2 cannot get here soon enough. And to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I tried dumping Downcast for the Apple Podcast app while I'm back using Downcast. After about 600 megabyte of data downloaded over 3G for no other reason than that the podcast app felt like it, and it randomly started playing episodes when I finish a phone call, even when I have not been listening to anything. Apple should buy Downcast. Regards, Craig. Craig, thanks for the feedback. Now, in fairness to the Apple Podcast app, I think that they're starting to play after a phone call because you may have hit the um, hang-up button one time too many. But per the data overage, yep, hearing that story from a lot of people. Hey Rob, this is Mitch from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I was just calling to give you some feedback on the Apple Maps. I've been using it quite a bit since I first got the iPhone 5, and I actually really like it. I haven't had any prob problems with it, and in fact, today I used it when my car's GPS and Google Maps couldn't find a specific address, and Apple Maps was able to find it without difficulty, so... Anyway, I just wanted to pass that along, and thanks for everything you do with the show. Have a good one. Thanks, Mitch, for the feedback, and also thanks to Tash for the heads up on a review of the app Where To. The review is over on TUAW, and Where To is a $2.99 app, $2.99 app, that is, that is a complement to the Apple Maps app that gives you more detailed local info for a specific destination location. So now you can be sure to see all the different self-serve yogurt and smoothie locations around any specific area. Thanks to Chris in London and Thomas in Alabama and others for the heads up on this next one. And it is for us Apple TV owners out there, second and third generation Apple TV owners that is. There is an update waiting for you if you haven't already done it. Here are some of the features we get in this update. There is share photo streams now. This lets users share photos and albums from their iOS devices and invite others to comment on them. AirPlay-enabled speakers and other devices can now play audio from Apple TV. Subtitles for deaf and those of hard of hearing. There is easy iTunes account switching, which I know a bunch of people like that one. And when viewing movie trailers, you can now see local theater showtimes in the US only. But in the US only, brilliant! Not that it's in the U.S. only, that's brilliant. But if you're in the U.S. only, that's brilliant idea to add. Too bad that don't have that outside the U.S. And my favorite feature, the ability to reorder icons on the screen. Yes, that is the one I like the best. This might mean an app store for the Apple TV is not that far away. You can rearrange the app icons for the most part. I say for the most part because the top row... Movies, TV, shows, music, computers, and settings cannot be moved, but all the rest can. To move an icon, select it, and then press and hold the center round button, with, and the icon will then start to wiggle, and you can move it around with the arrows outside the center button. I changed my second row to Netflix, Podcast, YouTube, PhotoStream, and Trailers. Hey, it ain't much, but it's at least something. Hey Rob, this is Justin. I'm calling on my brand new iPhone 5. I wanted to call you about uh, my experience with Maps. I want to say so far it's been really good. The directions have been great. I, just yesterday I was at a restaurant I'd never been before in an area I didn't know. Maps got me there. And then I just picked up my phone, said, route me to Target. And uh, it went, took me to the next, uh, the closest Target store that I needed to go to. So, um, so far my experience has been much better than the Google Maps app, which I rarely used, I'll be honest. But um, so far, uh, so good for me. Um, I still have ways in the, you know, in case it fails. But as of right now, uh, I'm very happy with it. So I figured just give you my feedback. Love the show. Thanks.
Thanks, Justin, for the feedback. And thanks to those that sent in a link to the article on App Advice where they compare Podcast App versus Instacast versus Downcast. Little spoiler alert, Downcast 1. If you would like to see the details, look for the link titled Podcatcher App Showdown in the show notes for episode 243 over at todayinios.com. And then GigaOM also had a podcast app showdown with a comparison between the podcasts app, RSS Radio, iCatcher, Downcast, PocketCast, Instacast, and PodCruncher. Spoiler alert, nothing to actually spoil on that article, as it is more, here is some info about rather than them actually, you know, getting a pair and making a decision, just saying. Anyway, if you want some info on those apps previously mentioned, look for the link titled Podcasting 101 iOS Podcasting Apps in the show notes for episode 243. Hey Rob, for the past two months I've been getting the dreaded you're nearing the three div, three gigabyte data limit on my unlimited plan. My question is, do you know of any apps that will track what apps are using the data so that I can narrow down the data hog uh, that I apparently have recently started using? Uh, any help would be greatly appreciated. Uh, love the show. Thanks. First question I would ask is, what apps did you install right about the time when you started to see the data overage issue? First and foremost on your list should be looking to see if you installed the Podcasts app back then. That's probably your culprit. Beyond that, you're probably going to need to jailbreak your device and get some other sort of program in there to monitor it. So if anyone knows of a good jailbreaking app that allows you to monitor which apps are using how much data and bandwidth, I would love to hear about that. 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. If you have a kid, and you have an iPad, and you have Netflix, you probably have had your kid abscond, run off with, steal your iPad to watch some Phineas and Ferb, or God forbid, some Mighty Machines. I hate the music for that show. Anyway, you know what I'm talking about. And if you have an Apple TV as well, you also know that there is a section in Apple TV's Netflix app called Just for Kids. Well, now that section is here for the iPad as well. When you update the app, and that's the app for the iPad, launching it just requires tapping on the new Just for Kids button, which is in the upper left when you put it into landscape mode. And then you can hand over your iPad and not worry so much about your four-year-old finding The Walking Dead, Tudors, or Breaking Bad in your Netflix queue. Thanks, Netflix. And oh, again, that is just for the iPad right now, not for the iPhone and iPod Touches version of Netflix. Hey, Rob. It's Ken from South Jersey. So opening weekend for iPhone uh, was over 19 per second if you just take 5 million only iPhones, not the 5 million plus. So it's upwards. It's over 19 per second. And uh, for the first day and the first 24 hours, it was over 23 iPhones sold per second. Uh, when you put it in that context, it, it's uh, pretty mind-blowing. One of the biggest complaints I hear from people about the new Maps app isn't the new Maps app. It's the lack of Street View. And it seems for those that were missing Street View on their iOS devices, they may not have to miss it anymore. From the Google Maps web app, you can now get Street View views for many locations. Just go to maps.google.com and Safari on your iOS device, and then zoom in on a destination, and then tap on an item on the map. When you get the bar at the bottom with it on that location, you will see a stick man at the right of that on that bar. And if he is not faded out, you can click on him and it brings up the Google Street View for that location. So again, Google Street View is now accessible from maps.google.com in Safari. I mentioned iOS 6 adoption rates on the last episode is a big deal. Chiquita has some updated info for iPhone adoption of iOS 6. As of September 30th, 60% of iPhones were on iOS 6. Seems the Maps thing is a big to-do in the tech world and not so much in the real world. Also, speaking of updated numbers, Google updated their numbers as of October 1st. 1.8% of Android smartphones have been updated to Jellybean. 
That is after 90 days of availability versus 60% of iPhones after just 11 days. Ouch, sucks to be on Android. You know, that is, if you like getting the latest and greatest, that is. Oh, and speaking of Android and Google, because, hey, the best time to kick someone is when they're down. Not much chance of them fighting back when they're down and you're kicking them. Well, anyway, Google, via their Motorola division, just let users know that updating their Atrix smartphone to the latest Android iOS, as they promised buyers they would be able to do, um, yeah, forget about it. That's right. Those who purchased an Atrix with the ancient gingerbread, i.e. Android 2.3, it seems those are destined to not be able to upgrade to Android 4.x, even though, you know, Moto, i.e. Google, originally said they would be able to. Nice. Could you imagine the crap storm Apple would be in if they did the same with the iPhone 4? Saying, sorry, I just can't upgrade to iOS 5 or iOS 6. I know what we told you, but sorry. Yikes. Well, another reason for those of us with the iPhone to feel sorry for those stuck with an Android device. Remember, folks, don't be haters of the Android users. Feel pity for them. Because either they want an iPhone and for some reason are unable to get one, or worse yet, they don't even realize the OS dungeon they are living in. Pity, folks. That is what we must show to the Android kind. Not hate, just pity, and lots of it. Hey, Rob. This is Matt from Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, I just wanted to call and comment on the new iPhone 5. One of the things that I've noticed over the last couple of days is that I got my color back. As I'm sure everyone's aware, we, um, we started to, to see some pale colors on the iPhone 4S after the iPhone 4. And, um, and I, I be honest with you, I got used to it and never even noticed it again after the, the initial onset. But uh, one of the things that I've noticed on the iPhone 5 is the colors are amazingly brilliant, probably five times better than they were on the iPhone 4S. So that's definitely a plus. Anyways, I didn't know if anyone else had commented on it or if anyone had noticed it, but I definitely have noticed it. Anyways, take care. Matt, thanks for the feedback. Back to the email bag. Hey, Rob, I came across this story online and saw it as more fuel for your argument that Apple will be perceived as the bad guy in the wake of the Apple v. Samsung case. Regards, Chris in Canada. Thanks, Chris. And the article he sent is a link to an article titled Grain Bender Protests Apple Patent Abuses. And it is about an app dev that in protest over what he sees as Apple's abuse of the patent system, he is removing all of his apps from the App Store. Hmm. Let's see, how do I describe this? Nose, face, spite, cutting off. Yep, that sums it. Now, I'm sure if this dev was knocking it out of the ballpark with app sales, he would not have done this. But I do agree, all of Apple's lawsuits do put them in a bad light. It does not matter they are sued way more than they are suing people. And in that most patents that they get are defensive to protect them from the patent trolls. It is high-profile cases such as the Samsung one that most people only know of. When a Rovio pulls their apps in protest, however, that is when we really know there's a major issue. Right now, for a kind of a no-name app developer, it's not a big deal. Again, I would be real interested to see how much money that app developer had actually made in the App Store. Back into the email bag. Hi, Rob. Here's a list of the most sold phones in September by Telia in Sweden. After just a few days since the start of sales of the iPhone 5, it was the top seller. Number one was the iPhone 5. Number two was the iPhone 4S. Number three was the iPhone 4. And number four was the Galaxy S3. Regards, Johan O. Thanks, Johan. Amazing that the iPhone 5 was the number one selling device in the month of September when it only was on sale for three days in the month of September. Simply amazing. Rob, good job on your show as usual, buddy. Uh, you are aware that your uh, TI app is not working properly since they have updated to iOS 6. It refuses to uh, give me any push notifications, and I'm also unable to open the application. You may or may not be aware of that, but I've heard from three or four different people, so I thought I'd drop you a line. Good job as usual, bud. Thanks for the good work. 
and into the email bag. Hi, Rob. Wanted to let you know I can't get into your app no matter what I try. Regards, Lori B. And I sent an email to Lori telling her to delete the TII app from her iOS device and then from her computer and then to sync the two devices, then to re-download the app from the App Store, making sure to use the same iTunes account so she was not charged again. After doing that, the TII app worked fine. So if you are someone that upgraded to iOS 6 and saw an issue with the TII app, try uninstalling and reinstalling. Sorry about the issue. Our devs are not sure why this is happening, and it's happening to a very small percentage of users. But again, if it happens to be you, it is 100% you, and that is a big percentage. So again, sorry, folks, if you're having problems with the TI app. Again, it has to do with uh, the major upgrade from 5 to 6. I know when we went from 4 to 5, we had some uh, people have the same issue. Our devs haven't got it isolated yet. Not sure why it's happening, but deleting the app completely from your iOS device and your computer, syncing them, and then re-downloading from scratch, that fixes the problem. Sorry for any inconvenience. Into the email bag. Hi Rob, I see a lot of confusion from new owners of the iPhone 5 if the new Lightning to 30-pin connector will also work for the car audio. Car radios wired interfaces with iPhone iPod in one of three ways. One, the iPod interface serial from the iPod out and line slash audio out. The serial interface is to control and get song title albums, playlists from the iPod in the iPhone. Line out is used to supply the playing audio back to the radio. Second setup, USB interface and line slash audio out. The USB is to control the iPod in the iPhone. The line out is used to supply the playing audio back to the radio. Third setup, USB interface. This controls the and gets the song titles, the albums, the playlists uh, from the iPod, and it streams playback to the radio. Only the USB cable is required. It sounds like the new Lightning to 30-pin adapter will support number two and number three, but not the first setup. Case in point, older Sony's car radios that use a U-Link adapter to interface with the radio this setup has the U-Link cable and the RCA line cable to connect to the radio. The Kenwood Anon for old radios uses the setup number one above. So again, that's the iPad interface serial iPod out and line audio out. That doesn't seem to work well. Most newer cars and car radios use number two and number three setups. That's the USB interface and line audio out and just the USB interface only. If the only plug-in is a USB cable between your car radio and your iPhone, then it's number three setup and 30-pin adapter is not needed, just the lightning to USB cable. If the lightning to 30-pin adapter would be needed if your car radio uses number two setup, my 2011 car radio uses this type of setup. Type number one will not be supported by the iPhone 5, used around the time of the iPhone 1, 3G, and 3GS. Type number two would require the lightning to 30-pin adapter. Type number three would only require the lightning to USB cable if there is a USB jack to plug into. If the car has a 30-pin cable from the dash, then the adapter would be needed. Regards, Thomas in Tuscaloosa. Thomas, thanks for the feedback. I mention Kickstarter projects pretty much close to every show. Would have mentioned them on the last show, but ran out of time. Anyway, Kickstarter has changed some of their rules. One is product simulations are now prohibited. Essentially, you can only show how your product works, now showing the actual product, not some detailed computer simulation. Internal simulations are fine for the purpose of showing what's going on inside, where it's impossible to show. But external shots that would be mistaken as a working product are not allowed. Also, offering multiple quantities is no longer allowed. So if you are selling a $20 or $25 lightning to something adapter, you can only sell in quantities of one. No more of these 10 or 20 or even 100 packs. I've seen those, believe it or not. Now, if your product works best in pairs or a group of some larger number, then you can sell in a group or a pair, but only one group size and then no singles. 
these rules kicked in for new projects that are submitted as of the end of September. So some we talk about are still offering multiple quantities and or show a simulation, but soon all of these Kickstarter projects will follow these rules. And now onto some Kickstarter projects. I got the following email from what I assume to be these Kickstarter's projects team's PR company. So grain of salt take with it should you. Hi, Smidjako, a San Francisco-based startup, has announced its plans to bring Tabzoo, an iPad cradle case, into fruition via Kickstarter, combining innovation, functionality, and creativity all wrapped into one sleek, eco-friendly package. Designed and developed by Leo Garza and Martin Milnuri, I can't even pronounce his name. Tabzoo is the duo's newest installation in a long history of engineering cool stuff. Some uh, may have seen their work in The Life Aquatic, The Lord of the Rings, Robocop, Starship Troopers, Terminator, Indiana Jones, and even Mythbusters. Arms with this knowledge, they decided it was time to design something for themselves, an iPod case with the functions they were looking for but could not find in stores. Tabzoo is different for many reasons. First, it features a unique patent-pending leg-grabbing system that allows you to use it hands-free. The device also features 360-degree presentation mode, the ability to cater to tablets of different sizes, and customizable cover, allowing users to express individual creativity via their tablet case. Tabzoo is not only durable, lightweight, and water-resistant, it is also eco-friendly. Search Tabzoo at kickstarter.com. That's T-A-B-Z-U. Regards, Derek Stembridge. Cheesy PR marketing guy, tone and temper added because, well, that's what I pretty much figured how he sounded. Anyway, Derek, thanks for the heads up. It looks like Tabzoo has hit its goal of 20K with over 21K in pledges. And it goes until October 28th to get more funds. Congrats to the folks behind Tabzoo. And if this sounds like something you are interested in, it's just $30 over a Kickstarter. Hey, he mentioned Mythbusters and Robocop. I had to talk about it. As I mentioned, I like talking about Kickstarter projects. And one of the things I recommend for people that are thinking of doing one is for these projects, uh, for their projects to keep their goal as low as possible. This next one clearly did not heed that advice as they have a goal of $500,000. Yikes! With just 10 days or so to go, they have only raised 65000 This one pledges shut down on, I think, Saturday, October 20th at 3.48 p.m. Officially, that is, but in reality, this one shut down the moment they put up the 500k goal. This project, by the way, is called AirBridge. It is for streaming content from your iPhone or iPad, but really, does that even matter? What matters is that the people that put up this project killed it themselves with such a high goal. I know a few of you have sent in links to this one, and while it may be a really cool product, this product is DOA. But feel free to let the guys know that you like the product, but they need to lower their goal. Hey, Rob. It's uh, Steve from Arizona. Just calling to let you know that I received my first Kickstarter project, and that is the Smarter Stand. I just put it on the iPad 3, and it seems to give you the viewing angles. I'm kind of afraid the clips are pretty tight, so I'm kind of worried about scratching the case, but it hasn't happened so far. So I've got the nice light blue plastic smarter stand on my blue iPad, new iPad case. So my first Kickstarter project so far seems so good. Uh, Not sure how I'll be with extended use. You can, uh, even with the clips on it, the sleep-wake function does work, which is good. So far, so good. Pretty excited to get it. That's my first experience with Kickstarter. So far, so good. Take care, Rob. Thanks for all you do. Bye-bye. Steve, thanks for your feedback on the Kickstarter project that you got in. Folks, if you order anything from Kickstarter and get those projects in, please give us a call with your feedback, describing which project it is and what your thoughts are on it. 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. A Kickstarter project update. Back on episode 241, we mentioned iControlPad 2. It was the crazy complicated Bluetooth controller with more buttons than a Google TV remote. And well, congrats to the folks behind it, as they just hit their goal of 150k. 
If you want this, you have until October 13th at 9.33 a.m. To pledge for it, search for iControlPad, one word, at Kickstarter to learn more. Of course, if you want a game controller now for an iOS device, there are other solutions, including a new one, not from Kickstarter, but actually straight to market, and this one has Apple's blessing. With the made-for-iPad and iPhone logos on the box, it is the Duo Gamer Game Controller for iPad. Yeah, that's a nice awkward name. Duo Gamer Game Controller for iPad, which plays exclusively with Game Loft games. So it's the Duo, Duo Gamer Game Controller for iPad with Game Loft games. Nice title, guys. Games such as Nova 3, Modern Combat 3, and Asphalt 7 uh, are some of the games that it'll work with. It has a sticker price of $79.99. Look for it on sale in January for, oh, I don't know, $29.99. Link in the show notes for episode 243 to an article over at Forbes titled Meet Duo Gamer for more info. Sharp is one of a reported three suppliers of the new iPhone 5 screens, which many consider to be one of the big bottlenecks of the iPhone 5 supply chain, or put another way, the chink in the armor of the iPhone 5 supply. An executive at Sharp, when commenting on his company's deliveries of displays, did not have what was the most reassuring of replies, saying, quote, Sharp Corp is making adequate volumes of displays, unquote. And I wonder how he would feel if his wife said he was an adequate lover. Macworld UK did some benchmark tests for various iOS devices running iOS 5.1.1 and iOS 6. What they found is for the iPhone 4 and iPad 2, there was basically no difference in performance between the devices with iOS 5.1 and iOS 6, which is good, as in the past some X.0 upgrades seem to have slowed down the devices, sometimes quite a bit, this time not so much, or not at all. Actually, the iPhone 4S and iPad 3rd Gen, they saw a 20% and 7% increase in performance, respectively. So if you are holding off because of fears of your iOS device might slow down or to a halt like it did with uh, some going from iOS 4.x to iOS 5, well, you can at least put that fear aside. And actually, if you have an iPhone 4S, one way to get it running faster is to upgrade to iOS 6. Hi, Rob. This is Anna from Texas, and I was just listening to your most recent podcast. I didn't um, call earlier about this because I was certain somebody would beat me to the punch, but you just mentioned on your podcast that when Siri does a search for Wolfram, she doesn't do historical weather data, and that's not true. The last time when uh, the last podcast when I heard the listener ask about that, I immediately asked Siri. Uh, what the weather was um, on my birth date and location. And um, at first she said, search the web. But then I went back and said, uh, do a Wolfram search for, uh, and gave my birth date and location. I said, for the weather for my birth date and my uh, birth location. And it came up. And I did it for four or five other locations and dates. And, and it, she showed the data from uh, Wolfram. So if you tell her to search Wolfram first and then put that in, uh, she will bring up that historical weather data. Uh, thanks for the show. Hi, Anna. This is what I did with Siri. What was the weather like in Dayton, Ohio on December 15th, 1988? Let's check the weather in Dayton, Ohio. Sorry, Robert. I can't get past weather information. So from my perspective, it was actually true that Siri said she can't get past information. I hadn't tried asking her to do a Wolfram search of it. When I did, Siri brought up the web results, but did not speak them. So you can find out past weather using Siri. Uh, Siri won't repeat it back to you. You'll have to read it off the iPhone. And as you said, you have to tell Siri up front to do a Wolfram search for that data. Hi, Rob. This is Paul from Mississippi. I have a friend that is on C Spire and is wondering if she can use one of my unlocked iPhone 4Ss on their network. When she contacted Seaspire, they told her no, but everything I've read online says she can. Could you or your listeners help out? Thanks. Love the show. Paul. Paul, I'm with you. I think she should be able to use it on there. You're going to have to make sure it's fully unlocked. If it's fully unlocked, then take it to Seaspire and talk to someone that knows what they're doing. If anyone listening to this show has taken an unlocked iPhone 4S, 
from another carrier and got it to work on C Spire, please let us know what you needed to do if there was anything special. Back to the email bag. Hey Rob, I once had a comfortable relationship with my contacts list app, the native iPhone contacts list app that is, until iOS 6 had to go and mess with a good thing. It seems that now, instead of just one friendly click to show the contents of each individual group, I must uncheck all the other groups except for the group whose contacts I want to see listed. Do you know if there is a replacement contact list app that can still perform the original function of showing the contents of each individual group and also integrate seamlessly with iOS platform? Regards, Tammy near St. Louis Mo. Tammy, I do not know the answer for you on this one, but I am hoping someone listening to the show does. If someone can help Tammy out, please give us a call, 206-666-6364, that's 206 Moon Dog, or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Hi Rob, I have kind of an old question. Um, I have an iPod second generation, 4.2.1. Is there an untethered jailbreak? I just never got an answer to this, so I figured you might be able to help me. Thanks, bye. There was an untethered jailbreak. Is there still an untethered jailbreak is a probably a better question. What happens a lot of times with these jailbreaks is they move on. And a lot of the times the links that were out there for the different versions of the OSs disappear. So you're going to have to do some Googling and you're just going to have to try to find some links that still work. That's, I mean, there was a jailbreak that did it at one point in time. I don't know if you're going to be able to find the links for it still. If anyone knows where he can find the links for that still work for a jailbreak of a second gen iPod Touch running iOS 4.2.1, please let us know. Back to the email bag. Hi Rob, any idea when the iOS 6 jailbreak will be up? Regards, LB. Now first up, I want to thank Kevin in Canada for the heads up on the iPhone 5 already being jailbroken, which means it's possible. But probably some time off before we get a simple, easy-to-use, public, untethered jailbreak, so don't get too excited yet. Please note, this is just one step of many before JoeQ Public gets a chance to do an untethered public jailbreak. I've had a lot, and a lot of people, email in about articles out there for people offering up jailbreaks for iOS 6. Many of the links are to a press release about this. Um, yeah, run away, run away. There is not, at this time, a consumer-friendly jailbreak for iOS 6 for any and all devices that run iOS 6. It looks like it'll be possible, again, but it's not ready or even close to ready for prime time. Once it is, I'll let you know. For now, stay away from any company putting out press releases about iOS 6 jailbreaks. They're crooks, they'll steal your money, and they'll tell you, oh, sorry. So again, stay away from that. Or even worse, they'll, they'll corrupt your device. Just stay away from the ones out there that are putting out the press releases saying they have an iOS 6 jailbreaker available. They don't. Now, if you're someone that just got an iPhone 5 or plan to get an iPhone 5 rather shortly and plan to jailbreak it once a jailbreak is available, remember, if you want a warranty, look at SquareTrade. Go to squaretrade.com forward slash TII. SquareTrade.com forward slash TII. They will still cover your warranty on your device, even if it's jailbroken. I know a couple people had asked me about that in confirmation. I did confirm with SquareTrade, yes, their warranties cover your device if it is jailbroken. Apple's uh, Apple Care Plus does not. So if you plan to jailbreak and you want to get a warranty, the warranty coverages are close or pretty close between SquareTrade and Apple Care Plus. Actually, you can get four different times where you have issues with your phone covered. That doesn't mean you get, get four replacements. What that means, you can have four instances. So if you crack the screen, they can replace it, crack the screen, replace it, where all four instances add up to the value of a single uh, purchase price. So you can't have four $600 instances, but you can get four repairs if they're, say, $100 each. Again, if you want a warranty and you want one for a device you plan to jailbreak, then you definitely want to look at SquareTrade. Go to squaretrade.com forward slash TII. You get $30 off your iPhone's 5 warranties. We spoke about unlocked phones before in C Spire. 
Well, T-Mobile stores are now stocking iPhone 5-friendly nano SIMs. So if you have one of those iPhone 5s from Verizon that are unlocked out of the gate, you could now take that unlocked iPhone 5 and get a nano SIM card for it uh, from T-Mobile and be one of the first iPhone 5s on the T-Mobile. It also means when Apple does finally offer up unlocked, no-contract iPhone 5 for sale, you'll be able to take one and get it over to T-Mobile. They've got the nano SIMs in stock. Okay, every T-Mobile store might not have them in stock. You might have to call around a little, but T-Mobile does have the nano SIMs available. Been quite a couple of good weeks for Find My iPhone, or really Find My iPad. First, it was a flight attendant who pilfered an iPad from a traveler and had it tracked to their house via the Find My iPhone feature. Then there was the news story from ABC that talked about widespread theft with TSA agents and had an iPad they purposely left behind at an Orlando airport that they then tracked to the TSA agent's house. The TSA agent denies that he had it. Then they use the audio ping feature, and guess what? It was in the agent's house. The TSA agent does the honorable thing, and he throws his wife under the bus and says, she stole it. Seriously, that's what he did. Uh, to which the ABC reporter says, um, no, we saw it in your hands at the airport. The TSA agent, well, TSA agent was then promptly fired the next day. I should point out, most, and I mean the vast majority of TSA agents, are not thieves, but there are still many bad apples in the TSA, with almost 400 being fired in recent years over issues of theft. Moral of the story, always make sure you keep your eyes on your iOS goodies. If you walk away from your iOS device at the security checkpoint, there's about a 10% chance, according to ABC, that said device will not be returned to you. And of course, Always make sure you have Find My iPhone enabled. Back to the email bag. Hi Rob, I find it interesting, and I'm not sure if anyone else has noticed it, but in iOS 6, in the podcast app, there are buttons to jump back 10 seconds and ahead 30 seconds. However, when you go to the controls in the multitask bar, there are 15 seconds in either direction. Regards, Lou V. Well, Lou, it's all about giving a consistent user experience. Um... Yeah. And another email. Hey, Rob, here's my take on the Maps flap. As I'm a blind user, I use my iPhone, etc., with voiceover. The previous Maps app was totally inaccessible. The new one is accessible. Ergo, those who complain about the new app can well have not nice things done to them. I already purchased Navigon some time ago, which is accessible. So perhaps some of the complainers can also show out cash in order to improve their experience. Regards, Kevin Barry. Kevin, thanks for the feedback. And hey, Rob, I wanted to report a bug in iOS 6 to see if anyone else had this problem. I use a lot of custom keyboard shortcuts. They all carried over from iOS 5. However, none of them work. I tried deleting one and adding it again, but that didn't work either. Looking forward to hearing about the new iPad mini announcement. Regards, Mike. Hi, Mike. No talking about the iPad mini, mini announcement on this episode. Maybe tomorrow that'll happen. Or the invites will go out tomorrow. Hopefully we'll have something to talk about on the next show. In any case, uh, if anyone out there is someone that uses some of the custom keyboard shortcuts in iOS, iOS 5, and if you've had them carry over successfully or not, let us know. I, I actually never use those. So anyone out there with some experience or some help here for Mike, let us know. 206-666-6364. That's 206 Moondog. If the last episode wasn't so long, well, so long in notes prepared, I actually had to cut it off at an hour. Anyway, if I had made it through all my notes for the last one, one was going to be about if you were a mobile me user after September 30th, Apple was going to knock off your extra storage for being a mobile me user in the past that you were getting that extra. And well, that is now not the case. Thanks to Siobhan and quite a few others for the heads up from Apple saying, you know what we said about getting cut off on September 30th, 2012? Yeah, forget about it. Let's make it September 30th, 2013. 
how much extra storage, 10 gig, 20 gig, or 50 gig that you get to keep depends on what level account you had for MobileMe to start with. So again, if you had gotten a notice about your storage getting cut down on September 30th, you should have also, of 2012, you should have also gotten a notice saying your storage was being extended to September 30th, 2013. Thanks to Michael S. for this next one, which is an article about a new feature in iOS 6 that was there in the beta, but somehow when the gold master for iOS 6 came around, well, this feature was no more. It is the Wi-Fi plus cellular feature, which was to allow apps having trouble with Wi-Fi connections to use cellular data instead. Look for this to show back up in a future release of iOS 6. Although some would say it's already there in iOS 6, and it's doing it anyway, and it's actually doing it when people don't want it to do it. So in any case, maybe this feature will show back up in iOS 6 and actually work as it's supposed to. A quick note to those using iOS 6, there is now a free ebook from Apple called The iPhone User's Guide for iOS 6, which you can find in the iBookstore. I want to take a second again to remind those within driving distance of Topeka, Kansas, I'll be speaking at PodCamp Topeka, a bunch, one keynote in three sessions, and I hope to see some of you at the event. Please make sure to say hi if you listen to the show. Again, just Google PodCamp Topeka for more info. I want to thank the sponsor for today's show, which is SquareTrade. Just go to squaretrade.com forward slash TII to get your $30 off the standard pricing of a iPhone 5 warranty. If you're a listener of the show, would love to get your feedback. You can give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or you can send feedback to todayinios at gmail.com. If you have the TII app, you can go into the contacts area and just hit email the show or call the show. Really easy with the TII app. By the way, the TII app is just $2.99 in the App Store. And you get push notifications. So when I put up new episodes or there's breaking news, you get that via push. I want to thank everyone for listening and supporting this show. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, from Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I.